This episode contains discussions of sexual violence. It's important to know there are people and resources available to help. No one should ever suffer in silence. No one should ever be ignored. If you need help, Rain, that's R-A-I-N-N, has a lot of resources, including a 24-hour helpline. That's 800-656-HOPE. 800-656-HOPE. This podcast is not associated with RAIN, but they are a wonderful resource, dedicated to making the world a better place. Dark Days of Dorothy Gale contains content not suitable for children. Listener discretion is advised. Darker Days of Dorothy Gale Chapter 49 Interlude Part 3 Friday, June 22nd, 2018 Dorothy's first job was one in a factory. It was her job to cut and crimp wires for overpriced and cheaply made generators that would eventually be sold to construction companies with more money than intellect. It started out as a part-time temp job, hired a few weeks before high school graduation, but turned into a full-time temp job once high school was over. It was not glamorous by any stretch of the imagination. The building was dirty, and many of the employees were dumb or lazy, if not a combination of the two. The factory was run by a group of people who could hardly balance their own checkbooks, let alone that of a decent-sized company. The factory itself was not incredibly big, but at one point in time was in fact incredibly successful. By the time Dorothy arrived, however, the management had managed to run it nearly completely into the ground. Being a temp, basically meant she was not entitled to any kind of benefit. No vacation, insurance, 401k, and certainly no raises in her future. None of this really bothered her, however. It was a paycheck. And that's all she wanted. She earned what her employers called a living wage of $10 an hour for a ridiculously inconsistent schedule. Her hours ranged anywhere from six a day to twelve, with the possibility of weekends constantly looming, despite the fact that the company could hardly afford to keep itself open five days a week. It was not the inconsistency, nor the lack of benefits, that bothered her. It was the anxiety of walking into work every day, never knowing if it would be her last. But, again, it was a paycheck. 
and that's all she really wanted. Dorothy heard stories of rampant sexism coursing through the veins of the company. If you were a pretty girl, which Dorothy was, it was almost unheard of to be a temp for an entire year, which Dorothy surpassed. If you got pregnant, which Dorothy was not, chances were you would get a nice promotion. The theory in Dorothy's mind was that the company did this to keep up appearances. Look at us! We support our employees who are actively growing families. There was also a large wave of nepotism that ran through the company. If you were related to anyone, even remotely high up in the company, which Dorothy was not, you could climb their small corporate ladder in just a matter of weeks. Sure, you might start out on the production floor or the assembly line, but eventually you would find yourself among the elites, working in a nice office. It was on that fateful Friday that Dorothy left the job she hated so much. The day was finally coming to its inevitable end, and she stood patiently in line for her turn at the time clock. Just as she was about to clock out, she was pulled aside by none other than Supervisor du jour, Tim Renfield. Tim Renfield was a tall man with an ego the size of Texas. And that was on a bad day. On a good day, it was maybe four times that big. He was not an attractive man. His hair was cut short in a vain attempt to distract people from noticing it was thinning and receding. He had an inability to grow facial hair, but that did not stop him from trying. His voice, which sounded like he had yet to hit puberty, despite being in his mid-thirties, grated on Dorothy's nerves. Dorothy! he called to her as he placed a hand on her shoulder and gently pulled her out of the line. She hated the sound of her name coming from his mouth. She hated it with every fiber of her being. She looked at him with a subtle yet scornful look in her eyes. What is it, boss? she asked sarcastically. She knew the sarcasm was lost on him. Tim literally took her words as a compliment, though. It was clear, because he smiled and puffed out his chest a little in response. Dorothy cringed at the sight. Can I talk to you for a moment? He continued. In my office? Sure thing, boss, replied Dorothy with flat, unenthused sarcasm. Tim took a seat behind his desk which had been raised a good inch and a half. Maybe even two. They sat in silence for a moment before Tim opened his big mouth and began spouting out words, none of which really interested Dorothy. She never liked Tim Renfield. He was hired as her new supervisor six months after she started. He was the third. She was now on a fifth. When he was originally hired, she granted him the nickname New Boss, although sometimes she preferred Dickless. It seemed funny at the time. She respected Supervisor 4 enough to call him by his actual name, Dusty. Same went for Supervisor number 5, 
Josh. Dorothy always thought Dickless looked sleazy. On several occasions, she even caught him with his uncontrollable elevator eyes, looking her up and down. She cringed at the thought of his unsolicited glances. As she sat in his hollowed-out janitor's closet he called an office, his words fell on deaf ears. Just being in this small, windowless room with him made her feel sick to her stomach. After a moment of silently hurling insults at this human bag of pus, she decided it was probably a good idea to at least listen to a little of what it had to say. Anyway, said Tim, enough with the small talk. Do you know why I asked you into my office? No. Tim smiled at her. <laughs> it's because I think you have potential. Oh, really? Yes, really. What would you say if I told you I could offer you a permanent position within the company? That we would be able to create a job for you? What would you say to that? Dorothy sat for a few seconds and considered the proposition. Certainly, a permanent position would help alleviate some of the stress of knowing her head was always close to the chopping block. It would also likely come with a nice raise. Not to mention, a new position would probably place her among the elite in the factory. She might even get a closet of her own to call an office. Maybe even one with a window, if she played her cards right. It did seem strange, however, for a position to be created for a person with only a high school education and no kind of formal training. She would be lying if she said her interest was not at least a little piqued by this meeting. More of a voyeuristic interest in seeing the inner workings of the company than interest in a long-term career. What kind of job would be created for me? she asked, even though she already knew she was not going to leave the production floor and the assembly lines. She hated most of the people she worked with, but more than that, she hated most of the people in the offices. It seemed like every time someone from the production floor landed a promotion, they changed, and never for the better. It was like they suddenly became too good to talk to the commoners or the peons, or felt superior to them in every possible way. A person could be the nicest person in the world to you, until a promotion comes up, and suddenly you're nothing to them. Dorothy had faith that she would not change her attitude toward anyone, but she still did not want to take the risk. She liked who she was, and she did not want to join their little cult. It depends, replied Tim, as a sinister grin stretched across his dopey face. Depends on what? <laughs> what you're willing to do. Excuse me? Come on. Cute girl like you? Pretty? Fiery? Smart girl like you should know a promotion in a new job comes with a little extra responsibility. 
Dorothy watched as Tim stood up from behind his heightened desk and walked over to her lowered chair. Towering over her, he undid his belt and unzipped his pants. Dorothy cringed as he let his pants fall to the floor. He slowly and carefully stepped back a few feet, giving her a little space, letting her get a better look. Why don't you come over here? And we'll see what kind of position we can get you into. Dorothy could not believe what she was seeing. There before her stood an ugly, middle-aged man, still stuck in his boyish high school ways of thinking, pants down around his ankle and penis erect. She sat wide-eyed and literally speechless as the silence quickly grew awkward. Dorothy let out a small involuntary giggle at the absurdity of the situation. Did he really think this was going to work? That she was just going to throw herself to her knees and take him into her mouth without so much as a second thought? I think you've been watching too much porn. I also think you're a lot smaller than your hyperinflated ego would lead you to believe. Fuck. You. I don't want this job. In fact, I don't want any job in this place. I quit. Dorothy stood up and turned to the door. As her hand fell on the knob to turn it, she stopped at the sound of Tim's childish voice. Dorothy, he said with frustration and humiliation filling his voice. She turned around just in time to see him zipping up his pants and buckling his belt. No one will believe you. More importantly, no one will care. So you might as well keep your mouth shut. Dorothy turned back to the door before her tears could overflow from her eyes and left.